The Bible sure does like to talk about shepherds. Every other verse sometimes feels like it's about shepherds or something to do with sort of farming. But how many of us personally know or have met any shepherds? Can I have a raise of hands? Okay, so we have maybe yeah, one or two, three. Three people know shepherds. Okay, not many, but that's sort of what I thought. There are not many shepherds in Chiswick, are there? Uh, what about sheep? Has anyone met any sheep? Okay, there we go. <laughs> um, there are a lot of sheep in the UK, um, but we're not as uh, sheeply populated as New Zealand, who have five sheep per human. Um, but I don't think I could fit five sheep into my garden in Chiswick. Uh, I wonder if you're one of those people who uh, gets really excited when they see sheep, when they sort of drive off the M4, and you sort of shout, sheep, sheep. I don't know if you're that type of person. Um, Hopefully not. <laughs> um, the passage today is all about bad shepherds, good shepherds, and sheep. Lots and lots of sheep. If you go to sleep tonight dreaming about sheep, I have done my job, and you'll likely fall asleep immediately. Um, well, that was funnier. Than <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, hopefully uh, you won't fall asleep uh, in the next 15 or so minutes. I feel it's useful to provide a little background to this book and this passage. In 597 BC, the Babylonian superpower of the day invaded Jerusalem and took Ezekiel, the person who's um, delivering this prophecy, and other Israelites off as slaves um, in, the, in the Babylonian land. Ezekiel here is speaking to an exiled people which he is one of. Um, they are gathered in a refugee camp off the bank of the Kebar River uh, with nowhere to call home. You can imagine their fear, their disorientation and their hopelessness, their sense of grief and loss. But this hopelessness is actually heightened in the previous chapter, beyond recognition, with the news that Jerusalem has fallen to the Babylonian Empire. You cannot get much lower than this. I can't really imagine being in Ukraine early, early last year, watching on as the Russian troops rolled in and realizing I would have to leave my homeland and live in a foreign land. But this is what it was like for the Israelites living in Jerusalem. But, but why are they in this terrible situation? What has caused this? But God makes it clear why they're in this situation. It's partly because of their leaders who have not shepherded their people. 400 years before this, God gave the people of Israel the king they so desperately wanted in the person of David. Yet, he explicitly tells David to be the shepherd of my people, Israel. Not David's people, but God's. This was the model of leadership set out for his people. But ever since David, many of these kings and other Israelite leaders consistently failed in their duties as shepherds and led the flock they were entrusted to look after astray. 
We read in verses 2 to 6 that they have eaten the curds and clothed themselves with the people's wool. They have not strengthened the weak, nor healed the sick, nor bound up the injured. In other words, these leaders have fleeced their own people of their material resources for their own gain. They have neglected them and allowed them to suffer. But we have to remember that God had entrusted these people to look after his flock. Their only task was to shepherd his people, but the passage says that they have not even shepherded badly. It seems they had not even shepherded at all, for how? How can a shepherd's slaughter their choice animals when when their job was to protect their flock from wild animals like wolves and not to slaughter them? How can a shepherd not search for their own flock who are lost? We need to remember that God's anger is because of how much he cares about his people, how much he cares about their welfare. These leaders did not care about his people, but only themselves. They let their people wandered off and they became scattered because there was no shepherd. And because they were scattered, they had become food for all the wild animals. You see, these Israelite leaders had forgotten one essential thing. These these people were not theirs to exploit, but God's people to look after and to protect. We read time and time again, God referring to my sheep. He is possessive. We are his. Any godly leadership starts with the recognition that we are merely under shepherds to the true shepherd. The godly leaders in our churches, which there are many, are those who know that their ultimate job is to point their flock to their true shepherd. But It's also important to remember here that God is not actually just talking to the shepherds. He's also talking to the people of Israel, described as sheep who are in exile. And I suggest that he's saying to these people, you wanted a king like the other nations around you. You thought that they would take care of you, look after you. Can you see where this gets you? Can you see what happens when you are led by other humans who often, like you, cannot see the route to follow clearly? Do you see what happens when the blind lead the blind? God's judgment on the Israelites, and I know this is, uh, it can be quite tough to think about God's judgment, but there's there's a sense here that the judgment on the Israelites, you know, the Israelites are the victims of their own demise. They're the ones who have put themselves um, in some situation through their trust in these leaders. A few years ago, I was on a pilgrimage called the Camino with my dad. Um, This is the most famous pilgrimage in the world, which millions of people take part in each year. And because of it, because it's so famous, it's really like clearly signposted But rather than following all the little yellow shells en route, which all the other pilgrims used, I decided I was smarter than this and using Google Maps instead was better. 
I, I actually, on one of the days, ended up so far off route, I was about sort of two hours from where I was supposed to be. Um, and, and you see it's so easy to put our trust into leaders or Google Maps, which ultimately lead us way off route. And the Bible often describes people as sheep. And I, and I, wonder, I wonder how that makes you feel. Sheep are not regarded as the brightest animal in the world. They often copy and follow each other, sometimes off a cliff. Apparently, a sheep cannot get up if they're on their back. They often get lost. They don't have claws. They're pretty helpless and actually, in some respects, quite useless. And in our modern language, we use being called a sheep as an insult. You know, if you're a sheep, you're a follower. You're cowardly, you're unthinking. And our culture also promotes this sort of individualism that this kind of world revolves around me, I'm in control, and I determine my life. So don't be a sheep, that's what our world says. But I suggest to think less of being called a sheep as an insult, but more a reality of how things are. And actually, it can be a relief. We don't have to be in control and fix everything ourselves. And often we are not in control of our circumstances. We can all be exploited by those around us. We often wander and go our own way. And we all genuinely need God's guidance, protection, and provision. If I'm honest, I'm, I'm pretty terrible at trusting sort of God's guidance or even letting him guide me. Um, I'm often being influenced by those around me and sort of get in, getting into the mindset that I'm the one in control. But this is an area which, which God really challenged me in last year. I was in a job I was not happy in. Um, I felt quite undervalued and I had a few issues with my bosses. Um, I was in something I really just didn't want to be doing. Um, but I was consistently reminded by God to wait and trust him and sort of let him kind of guide me. And it's funny because I applied for this one job in that season, which I didn't get, but the same job came up like a month later, like exactly the same role at exactly the same company. I applied for it and I, and I got it, fortunately. Life is much easier when we let God guide us and I need to learn that constantly. I also think something which gets lost in our modern context is how valuable sheep were to ancient Near East shepherds. They were of huge financial value. Their livelihoods were dependent on their sheep. And as such, they would often fight off wolves, lions, and other vicious animals to, to sort of defend their flock. They would risk their lives for their flock. Being a sheep shows how precious we are, how important we are in God's sight and the lengths he would go to protect us. This year, 2024, will be the biggest election year in history. Half the world's population will go to a ballot box. Think about that, this is crazy. It's four billion people around the world will vote from India to North Macedonia, from the largest countries to the smallest countries. And all these people will vote for someone to lead them. In many respects, this is remarkable. 
there is much to be you know, celebrated about, but I don't want to be too negative, but I also wonder how many people will put all their hopes and all their dreams in these politicians. How many will believe their promises that they will have a better life if they vote for them? But history has shown, and it's in our country, maybe the last few years have shown that politicians, that leaders, they will disappoint us, they will betray us, and they will be selfish. All of us here will have been disappointed by leaders, whether spiritual, political, or even in our workplace. But we have to remember that they are just like you and I, sheep who have gone astray and who are in desperate need of a shepherd. So as Paul tells us, pray for your leaders. They so desperately need our prayers. But back to the passage, but God does not leave the Israelites on their own, fending for themselves. He takes control and becomes the good shepherd which his people so desperately need by first removing those bad shepherds. Step aside and let me, God, be the shepherd to my people. Twenty times in this passage, we read God saying, I, I will be the shepherd for my sheep. God explicitly becomes the active and unceasing rescuer. And he does this because, as I said earlier, and want to emphasize again, he cares about his flock. He tells us, I myself will search for my sheep. Like a shepherd, I will look after my scattered sheep. You see, God here shows that he is, he is a God who runs after, who chases his sheep, who often go their own way. I'm sure many of us know that famous parable of the lost sheep in the Gospel of Luke, where a shepherd loses one of his sheep, but he goes after it and leaves the 99 behind because how much he cares about losing that just one sheep. We also read that God will take his flock and allow them to lie down in grazing land. Like, as we hear in Psalm 23, it is only with God in relationship with him will his flock find their resting place and their place of safety. The metaphor of God as a shepherd is used throughout the Bible from Genesis to Revelation, and time and time again it is emphasized to show that God ferociously cares about his people and will go at great lengths to rescue them and protect them from danger. But God, he has one final twist to save and rescue his people, which we read about in verse 23 onwards. Who is this shepherd who God appoints to be the ultimate tender to his flock in the final few verses? Who is this shepherd who is called his servant David? It can't be that King David, which I described earlier. He's long dead. <laughs> and so, like any good Sunday school lesson, who is it always? Yeah. Uh, yes, <laughs> God will finally rescue his people and bring them to safety through his son, Jesus. But note that he is described as a servant, 
Unlike the Israelite shepherds who only serve themselves, Jesus serves his people even, even to the point of becoming like a sheep, a sacrificial sheep through his death on the cross so that he can bring his people home once and for all. As we read in John 10, which draws inspiration from this chapter, Jesus says to his disciples, I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. And this good shepherd will make a covenant of peace with his people, not an earthly type of peace between two nations or between communities, but an ultimate final restoration or reunion with God himself. These exiled Israelites whom Ezekiel is talking to don't yet know this servant king, Jesus, for themselves. Their prophecy will be fulfilled from their rescue out of exile. For them, it is still a now and not yet prophecy. But we here today have and know Jesus. He is with us in our presence as we gather here to worship our true shepherd the only one who can truly bring us to safety and protect us. The Bible, yes, says that all of us are sheep who wander and are lost, but that's not the last word. That's not when it ends. It ends with a God who searches after his sheep, who seeks after his lost and brings them to safety. And all we have to do is to receive him for ourselves. And just as a response, I just wanted to share, some of us may have forgotten that Jesus is the good shepherd. Maybe that's because you've been let down by a leader. Or maybe you're one of those people who've forgotten that you're actually a sheep who is in need of a shepherd to be guided by. And so the Lord is calling out to us today. He is saying, please come to me in your weakness. I want to guide you. I want to bring you to safety. I want to be that shepherd in your life. And maybe you are looking for the shepherd, for a shepherd for the first time, longing to be safe, longing for rest for your soul. And if that is you, you can look to Jesus and receive his love. I really believe that he is the only good shepherd who can truly welcome you home and bring you into his fold. As a response, if, if you're any of those people which I described above, um, whether you need to learn to be a sheep again or you've lost the touch or sort of heart knowledge that Jesus is a good shepherd, I suggest that we all close our eyes. Um, I'll read Psalm 23 over us. Sometimes helps as posture to sort of put your hands out to receive and let the good shepherd minister to you now. <clears throat> 